Welcome to X's and O's NBA Breakdown, the podcast where we take a deeper look into teams, coaches, and trends of the NBA. I'm your host, Coach Mark Tinklenberg. It's time to settle in and enjoy as we talk about the league. Hey, Hoopheads, we appreciate you listening to this episode of X's and O's NBA Breakdown. Be sure to check out these other NBA pods on the Hoopheads Podcast Network, including Cavalier Central, 305 Culture, Knock If You Buck, Spanning the Spurs, Motor City Hoops, LA Hoops, The Wizards Hoops Analyst, Lakers Fast Break, and At The Buzzer. Plus, our coaching-focused podcasts, Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players Court, Bleachers and Boards, The Green Light, and Courtside Culture. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, the Hoop Heads podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. Welcome, 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 ladies <laughs> and gents, to... X's and O's NBA Breakdown, episode 21. Let's pew, do pew, this. Pew, 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 pew. Wow, 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 wow. Um, welcome to us. We have a lot to talk about today. Heat of the NBA playoffs going on right now. First thing I'm going to say is welcome back. You got good old Sheriff, a.k.a. Zach here. You got Mike up here with us. Hopefully, Coach O will join us here shortly. Mark is out he's enjoying the sunshine on vacation and it looks like yeah, he's looks, really doing his thing out there it looks really rough i uh <laughs> i facetimed with him last night round about two hours after he got there and uh he had a miami vice in his hand so yeah yeah he's doing well i facetimed yeah. him about 20 minutes ago he's beat red yeah. looks great it looks yeah good. I feel real but bad for him the Tough other life. thing i want to say is Congrats to him. He is now the head coach of the Marysville Monarchs here out right outside of Columbus. It is his own program. He's going to kill it. We're all very excited to see that season unfold come. Uh, I think his open gym starts here in the next month. Um, or actually, I think some of it's already started. But um, we're really, really excited for him. So congrats to Coach Tink. He has his own program, and he's going to rock it out. Congrats, Tink. Yeah. You deserve it. Now for the agenda at hand, we're going to hit a few different topics here. We're going to keep this a little shorter since we don't have the big dog here with us. We're going to talk about fans back in the arena. As a matter of fact, let's just start with that. Yikes. Let's start with fans back in the arena. Yikes. So I think all of us were very, very excited um, to see what that was going to add to the playoff atmosphere. We went through the bubble. They did a great job last season, it, but it was lacking. Pumped in crowd music was just not the same. We needed those fans back in the in the audience, and it, you know, for the most part, it has added really, really good things. Now, in the last week or two, we've seen some incidents that just have been very unfortunate, very, very unfortunate. Dude, it's it's been electric. It's been nice to hear it, and and I was uh, I was actually watching uh, uh, some Premier League soccer, right, and they had a little. Uh, graphic up top that said this is not pumped in crowd noise this is the real crowd and I'm like oh I love it <laughs> and I've I felt the same about NBA 
it's been it's been electric. The the immediate like ooh, like when LeBron went head to the rim on his off the backboard alley oop the other night, oh, and everybody that just was so pretty. And there's less than ten thousand people in there, but everybody's just like oh, and there's just a visceral reaction to that. I also believe that over the last year and last eighteen months, there are people that have forgotten um, how to interact with real people. Yeah, because you got some real bozos out there that um, that are taking some liberties with yeah. their fandom that yeah. should not be. People running on the court, people throwing things, people spitting, and uh, guys, you're gonna have to come out of the game. This is not you to great. Come out of the game, it's not bigger than you. Great, and you're ruining it for the rest of us. That's what's gonna happen. Yeah, it's it's sad to see. Um, I was listening to. Um, Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin this morning before work and they started talking about it and the the biggest point that I J. Will I think said what a lot of people are, are were thinking at least of certain race and J. Will kind of brought up the who's the one that who who are the people that are being affected by it yeah, and it is of one race, and that in in the in the world right now that we lived in or we're living in currently, that's just so heightened. And to bring that point to it, I hate to even bring that type of attention to that. But there is something to say about who's doing the throwing and who's yep. receiving see uh, receiving it. And yep, it, it, it it's sad to see these young young i'm gonna call them kids because they're younger than me these young guys these young humans that are like it doesn't even phase them to realize that what's happening you know the one guy was recording himself as he's being you know escorted out and yeah it just really speaks to a certain generation of this social media generation and obviously they want the attention and it's like yeah you you know you gotta be harsher to these you know a, a lifetime ban from the arena that they ain't going to cut it. Like it's right. prosecuted, which I saw the Celtics kid. He's, you know, being like, I think it's assault and you sp- spend a night in jail and you're going to, you're arraigned and you're going to have a court case. And yeah. I hope that's yeah. a wake up call to these people saying, all right, all I'm going to do is enjoy the game because yeah. that's exactly what it is. Yeah. And it's uh, again, unfortunately a lot of the narrative is built around the absolute lowest common denominator mm-hmm. for all intents and purposes that fans being back has been phenomenal oh yeah i i i have loved it i kind of like the fact that there's some room on the sidelines as an aside i like that in the bubble too where people could you know if you're if you're trying to save a ball on the sideline or on the baseline you can go full bore and not have to worry oh, yeah. about burying some aid heiress right Right. So it's been it's been nice. It's been electric. And, you know, the couple of bozos that are out there, you're going to have that no matter what. Um, it's just it's it's disappointing to see back because the ratio of people that are causing issues specifically with uh, a less than crowd. Obviously, mm-hmm. that percentage is a little bit higher. It's disappointing. But the fact of the matter is it's been great to see fans back and to specifically hear fans back in the arena and get those, that immediate feedback 
that's one of the things that makes uh, watching the game so great. Exactly. And it is going to be very important. You know, there is something that as a player, you feed off of having actual fans cheering or booing. You feed off of either one. If you're an away team, like, you know, when I did play in that short stint that I thought I was athletic for a little while there. You still are, buddy. uh, Yeah. Um, I golfed with you. You got you got coordination. Coordination's there, yes. Now, do I feel a golf even even playing around a nine? Absolutely, my knees are still sore. But I think you know, I, I fed off the booze. I liked being the guy that like changed the atmosphere for the home team. Like I want well, you to cheer against me. Hold I'm on, real quick. Which fans were booing you? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Fair, fair. But you're right. There is, yeah. there, there is something about, uh, you know, even just in rec league with families on the yeah. other side, there's something about uh, them cheering and you shutting them up. I mean, Absolutely. there is something about that regardless of the size. And I can't even imagine what it feels like to, to just shut down 15,000 people. And, and and love the scene of Trey Young, you know. Yep, we're going it, back it got, to the A. Going, that and after the first game, going, it got real quiet in here. It got real mm-hmm. quiet. Like mm-hmm. that, I love that banter, and you can kindly have, you can now have that with the fans because they're back. Now that doesn't invite friend fans to be stupid and reciprocate right. in a way other than just shouting back at a player. You can say stuff. Let's not throw stuff. How about that? Right. Yeah. So let's spin that into this Atlanta and, and Knicks series. Trey mm. Young is killing. He's coming. I mean, he's coming out. We had this conversation at the beginning of the at the beginning of the this series, right? Mm-hmm. How Trey was one of the guys that needed to prove himself. Yeah. And uh, he's he's doing work. He he, really he is, is the reason. Uh, that that they're up three one, um, and the Knicks are Knicks are good. I've watched. I, I haven't watched every game, but I've yep. watched bits and pieces, and certainly caught the highlights of these games. The Knicks are a well coached team. You know, Tibbs is yeah. dropping the hammer on them, uh, but Trey's pretty electric. I mean, he's he's bringing it. He he does remind me of that young Steph coming on the scene and. Um, obviously with his range, but even his court, I mean, his passing, his court awareness has been very, very impressive. He's not just the guy like, all I can do is go give you 30 and shoot from half court. No, he is right in this offense and they are playing hella good team ball. And since Nate has come back defensively, I did not expect them to be this good defensively. Yep. At all, because the Knicks yep. are a great scoring team, and they are shutting them down. They well, and that one dimensional, and that was your thing, right? You're a Nate guy, or mm-hmm. at least at least you know him. And what yeah. what did you say to you? You're at, you're you were uh, you thought this all the way out, which is look, they have the offense, they have the electricity, they need the discipline and the defense, yeah, and that's what's finally coming around, right? That you got you had a whole season to kind of get used to and buy into that process. Yeah. And now they've kept some of that 
lightning, but also dropped the defensive thunder. And it has been, I mean, right. We talked about this, this five, four series. Uh, it's, it's, you know, that, I mean, that's what, that's what you with the four five. Yeah. But it's not really an upset if Atlanta beats the Knicks and it looks like they're gonna, but man, they're, they're playing well. Well, I can tell you right now, when I, when you do point per game, they are just the only team that's ahead of them in the playoffs right now, as far as allowing their team to score. They're, at, they're allowing 99 points. Milwaukee's ahead of them with 98 points per game that they're allowing mm. the other team yeah. to score. Yeah. They're doing really, really well. And it's, it's pretty incredible, uh, incredible to see right now. Um, I, I, you know, honestly, let me see. They would, if, when they do that, what they'll face Philadelphia next, mm. that's going to be a tough, right. That's going to be a tough matchup right there. But I, I'll tell you, they're, they're playing with nothing to lose, which is exactly what you have to do. Um, to continue in the playoffs. I mean, they're, 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 they're doing really, really well. Um, welcome coach. O. what's up, big fella. What's up, buddy. Hey. My guy. What's up guys. What's up guys. I'm sorry. Did I, I apologize if you missed the memo that we started uh, half an hour ago, but it's, I'm glad to see you. Glad yeah. to see you, yeah. my friend. So, and, hey. and, actually, and I like that you're coming in right now, Coach O, because we're just getting started on matchups, but I'd love to get your opinion on, we just got done talking about fans back on, back in mm-hmm. the arena and also the incidents. Yep. Um, love to hear what you got to say about that to be yep. completely transparent. It's a mix. It's a mix of everything. I think fans are excited. You know, it's exciting. We spent a whole year inside and now we get the chance to go see these games and everything. But, you know, these are people, too. Right. They got emotion. They've been going through stuff. They're excited to see the fans, too. I just think there has to be a certain level of now we're at a point now where we have to start talking about accountability. If somebody has to be the scapegoat to set the standard for the next you know, hopefully things don't happen, but like for the next wave of events, I'm, I'm at the point now where like, I've been tweeting about it a lot. It's just like, yeah. it's, it's, it's some of these things are considered assault. <laughs> like, right. Right. You know what I'm talking about? So yeah, and, and somebody's charged, which is what it needs to be. Yeah. I mean, y- you sign a social contract when you get, when you go in there that you right, are right, the right. fan and and there needs to be some consequence to that. And right. I like I like to see that they're dropping the hammer a little bit on that guy in Boston. Yeah. And hopefully they do more because it's it's not appropriate. And and coach, we were just talking about how it's been 18 months yeah. since we've been since we've been in a gym, right? Mm-hmm. And to your point, uh, these are people and the players have been going through stuff, but the fans also have been going through stuff. Yeah. And I feel like everybody's just trying to remember what it's like to be a functioning <laughs> member right, right. Of, a, of a face-to-face society. Right, right, right. But I think also, I think also there's a balance too, because I don't want, I don't want us kind of trying to find a way to kind of like excuse things. You get what I'm saying? That is like, not an excuse at all. I'm totally yeah. with you. That is not an excuse, but it could be a reason. Mm-hmm. No, for sure. But I think there's also that balance where like people are trying to 
find that new normal, but like we still have to understand like these are these are people, you know. So exactly, I agree. Well, we just got done. So, hey, got give me got. your what you got? Oh. No, no. I was just going to say, give me your give me your 30, uh, your 30 seconds on uh, Atlanta, New York. That's where we were. That was our That's first Atlanta, series. New York. Great series. Very fun series. Um, I think now the Knicks are getting stuck at a place where, yes, the Knicks are scoring defensively, but we all know this. The game is officiated differently once it gets into the playoffs. So the Knicks were benefiting from being able to get away from winning games by just playing defense. But now you're at a point where they don't necessarily have that outside threat right Mm -hmm. and to a certain level kudos to the season that he's had but Julius Randle is kind of getting exposed I guess that he doesn't have a second gear you know like he's able to get he's able to score you know he but once teams start locking in on him because he has to understand through a seven game series for four to seven game series he's going to be the focal point he has to understand that the scouting report is based on you, and that's why the greatest guys, they, they have that opportunity to just be able to, to pace themselves through the series. I feel like Julius Randle played everything out, and this is like an experience. This is youth, right? Like if he was somebody – if it was maybe an older player, right, somebody more experienced, I think we get to the point where we're seeing Julius Randle kind of like taking this as experience, as a stepping stone, but I think Atlanta's winning this one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, take something to figure out how to be the best player on yeah. a team. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a crazy concept, but there's two things that will always win in basketball. Number one, high IQ. And number two, as tough as you want to be, skill will always win. And you're looking at a team that has more skilled players that are playing together, able to shoot the ball more, Right. So I think that's where the separator is, where it's like two teams that are inexperienced, for lack of a better term, right, as a team. You're looking at one team that is more skilled than the other. And right now it's just it's it's just showing. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. And kudos for you for holding that cough that looked painful. That was, that was really nice. Uh, yeah, I'm proud of you. Yeah, that was really nice. You couldn't have done, nice. you couldn't have done that, that before a, you got on? Yeah, that was, a, that, was a nice, that was a nice transition. I like that. Um, I say let's keep going. Eastern Conference, again, at, at Atlanta, they're up 3-1. to one. They're taking that series with what they've got. They're, they're playing really well. Let's kind of go next. Uh, who, who do you guys want to talk about next in the Eastern Conference matchups? Uh, well, let's talk about the game that's going on right now. Brooklyn, yeah. uh, just so we can tell time this episode there's nine minutes left in the third quarter brooklyn's up over the celtics 68 56 and so they're going to take this game tonight they're they're in they're the betting favorite in the whole which i want to discuss a little bit later with betting favorites but yeah they just look you you can't you can't miss the shot against them you just you jason tatum is I texted Mark, Coach Tank, and said, is Tatum next? I mean, is he taking the mantle from Kobe just with his skill set? Maybe not his attitude, but I watch him play, and he he did a lot of drills with Kobe back in the day. Right. And I watched right. that kid. He's ridiculous. He's right. A, a skill set, he's, he's as close to Kobe as anybody in this league. Right. And it takes, obviously it takes some work to get Mamba, but that kid, but he can't carry that team by, by himself. No. It's, it's, uh, and, and Brooklyn just 
you have to score every time down the floor or that avalanche comes. It reminds me of, you know, 16, 17, 18 Warriors where they'll just, you'll blink and they'll put 30 up on you. They'll do a three, four run. And emotionally, you just get, you get underneath that avalanche and you can't get out. But I, I find this we, this, this one has more of a sense of despair on it because they're doing it with ISOs. It's worse. Right. You see it coming. Yes. <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah, you're right. You're right. There's no back cuts. <laughs> yeah. No. And you can't uh, double. Yeah. Uh, I think we all expected this outcome. I, I mean, I'm actually surprised they didn't sweep them. Obviously, the, you know, Boston Tatum had that one really, really good, good, good game. Um, and... It, Losing Jalen Brown hurt. I mean, that, that did really hurt them. Now, even with that, they maybe win one other game, maybe. Uh, I, You know, I still think Brooklyn's winning yeah. four out of two of those games. But, um, I, you know, it, it's as expected to me for Brooklyn to be where they are at 3-1, and they're going to close it out tonight and then face Milwaukee next round, which will be a fun series. Ooh, fun series. boy. Absolutely. Yeah, Um, let's hit let's go Milwaukee. We mentioned it. Milwaukee, Miami. Mm -hmm. I was not expecting Miami to not win a single game in this series. No, no, no. And, you know, I was I've been on the record saying that I thought that Miami would have been a nice matchup for Brooklyn. But now it's just further solidifying what I was thinking about just how important matchups are in the NBA. Oh, my God. I could see. Like, if you're looking at that matchup, like you said, I wasn't expecting them to get to, to Milwaukee to sweep, okay? But what you're able to take away from that matchup, that matchup is you're looking at Bam, and you start asking yourself, Bam and Jimmy, did the length of Milwaukee really disrupt these guys? That's the number one. And most people will say yes. But now you're telling yourself, okay, versus a Brooklyn, versus somebody else, how would that have feared? So I don't think... I don't think Miami's a bad team. I just think it was like let's chalk it out. It was a bad matchup. Even though you shouldn't get you shouldn't you shouldn't let a team sweep you, but it was really like a bad matchup from the beginning. Now Milwaukee, where I found interesting was I don't know if you guys agree to this. I am realizing how important that Drew Holiday pickup was. Yes. PJ Tucker was immense, huge pickup. And also Bryn Forbes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Forbes out of nowhere. These guys have picked up solid pieces to go around. And, like, you're looking at Drew Holiday being a secondary ball handler while Chris Moulton is not able to run, right? So it's just a fun – I just think Milwaukee picked up the right pieces. I I think – are we in a place where we can – after you see that series and you sweep a very good coach and just a good team in general, Miami, you see that sweep happen, are we finally supposed to give Milwaukee – well – is this finally what we've been expecting from Milwaukee? They've been a regular season team for the last three seasons. Are we seeing with those pickups that turnaround where, Hey, depend again, depending on matchups, they can go far and go back and maybe hit Eastern conference finals and possibly get a chance at the finals, depending on matchups. Are we finally giving them a little bit more respect in the postseason? Not, not yet. Okay. Not yet. Okay. Because like, I think they still have to beat, a Brooklyn or beat a Philly. I want to see a series where they beat one of those guys, honestly, because yeah. I'm a big proponent of you have to prove yourself, right? 
Till now, I still think the Lakers are winning the championship. Till now, just because I'm going based off of what's proven, what has been done, and whatnot. It's as good as Brooklyn is. Brooklyn has a great chance of doing it, yes. But am I willing to just say Brooklyn's going to win? No. I have to respect the defending champs. That's just yeah. that's just how who I am. I think it's the same thing with Milwaukee when it comes to a series like that. They haven't, when it comes to, sorry, the, the, the playoffs in general, they haven't come out the East yet. Yeah, I have to see how that how they match up against teams that have favorable matchups. You're looking at Philly potentially being able to have the advantage at some positions with size and stuff like that, right? I have to I have to be able to see that first. That's just me. Well, and and Tink talks about this all the time, and we all do uh, matchups, right? You're right in that. Huge. This was a tough matchup for Miami. And Zach and I were texting earlier today and we were, we were debating whether or not we were more wrong on Miami or we were more wrong on Milwaukee, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That did we give too much faith to Miami or did we give too little faith to Milwaukee? And I believe after watching good chunks of those games that, Milwaukee is better because Giannis does not have to be the best player in the playoffs. Exactly. I like that. You know, my, my question was, and I I was going to save this for later, but I think this is a good time for it. We, we all agree. Giannis is a top 10 player in the NBA, right? If, yes. If we, if you were to choose us a one game, a, a game seven in the playoffs, would he be one of the 10 players that you would choose to count on? I say no. I, I, off the top of my head, thought of seven, which means if I thought just a little bit, I could think of five more in a one-game se- one situation, uh-huh. in a game seven, that I would choose as the centerpiece of Rihanna's. And what I like about what they're doing is that Chris Middleton took almost all of the shots in the last three minutes of that game that they won at the buzzer. I don't remember. I think it was game three. Mm -hmm. Um, It might've been game two, but whatever that game was, they won at the buzzer. Chris Middleton was the linchpin of the offense and drew holiday was handling the ball. And, and so I believe that that's how they become the best version of themselves where, which is Giannis is, the third or fourth option offensively and then does something like takes Jimmy Butler for the first half. Right. It's interesting what you're saying. I'm listening to you and I'm listening to you say what you, what you just said. And it's like, I I'm almost visualizing almost it's a similar situation. Like Giannis is almost similar to like a Ben Simmons almost. We're like, Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Like their game is kind of like limited to going to the basket and whatnot. But at the end of a game, they have to be willing to defer the ball. Like you're not yeah. going to win with Giannis being on the, on the, on the perimeter trying to dribble and get past. I'll tell you what I think Giannis have, might have to be able to do to be able to take that next step. If Giannis is able to master the elbows the same way that Kawhi is able to do that, mm, maybe, yeah, because yeah, yeah. being able to be from the elbows – it's very hard to help from there. That is a harder position 
And that is a that can be a more dominant position for him than him being at the perimeter trying to beat somebody off the dribble. Because when you beat somebody off the dribble, you take one dribble to beat him. You take your second, help starts coming. Now you get that catch high at the elbow, right? It's a different kind of game. But this is why they're better right now than they have been the last the last Absolutely. two years is because he doesn't have that. You know, he's getting that he's getting that little post up baseline turnaround and that looks pretty nice. Mm-hmm. But once they figured out that, okay, here in the last three minutes, Chris Middleton is getting the ball. This is mm-hmm. the guy that's gonna win us the game. Mm-hmm. Giannis helps you get a one seed. Chris Middleton helps you win in the playoffs right now. And yeah, maybe he develops an elbow game, and you're right. That yeah. he'd be un he doesn't need a three to be unstoppable. He, doesn't. he, does he needs he needs the bam uh free throw extended jumper to be right. unstoppable. And then from there make a play. Like that's it. <laughs> like yeah. yeah. Surround yep. the way that the team is constructed, surround him with the shooters, surround him with the perimeter threats, maybe have someone play underneath underneath that little baseline, underneath the behind the backboard, right? Because when yeah. you go three out, two in to have the optimal spacing, you want to be able to have somebody underneath the basket, right? And then maybe from there, just make a play. <laughs> That's it. But Which I nice. believe Milwaukee wins if Giannis is not the best player offensively. If he yeah. tries to be, I don't think they make it. Yeah. And, and this is a huge matchup. Uh, you know, on paper, how many, how many games are we saying Milwaukee's winning against Brooklyn? Two, I think three. Two, I want to say two for sure. I, I could see. I could see it going seven. One and I a half, and if seven. they might blow one and one game and a half, if they might blow the second game. You know, if Giannis starts doing like what Giannis exactly is doing. what we just said, but, right? You know what I'm saying? But gentlemen, let's think about these matchups. Giannis on Durant. Yeah. Uh, Middleton and Harden can be a wash. They might not be, but they could be. Right. And then Holiday on Kyrie. I mean, they've got their dudes. Right. Yeah. Uh, and but but Giannis is going to have to bring it defensively. Right. Uh, and and not have to worry about off. I I don't know. I could see it going seven specifically after we all have so much respect for Miami, mm-hmm. and they just dismantled Miami. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. they they took them apart piece by piece. And you guys getting me excited. And and so I could I could see Milwaukee and Brooklyn going seven. I, those are the two now. I said the winner of the East was going to be the winner of the Milwaukee Miami series. Right. Because yeah. whoever came out of that was going to have to prove that they could be the best team in the East. Yeah. I could. Uh, I mean, I've also watched Brooklyn now, and they're scary <laughs> Yo, but what, you, but what you're looking at what what's important from what you said is um milwaukee has that ability to throw different bodies right different bodies at these scores they could switch up different matchups like think about it um if katie starts posting up if katie's playing on the perimeter you could put drew holiday on him you know like katie will yeah. shoot over yep. it but drew holiday yep. will Hinder a little bit the the skate dribble side to side. Drew Holiday is that good enough of a defender? Where I've seen Drew Holiday, guys. I've seen Drew Holiday. Like, can we take an appreciation for Drew Holiday? Might be the yes, most underrated player in the NBA. I've seen him guard Anthony Davis. I've seen him have to guard LeBron. Like, there's not a lot of things that this guy doesn't do. 
You know, I would so trade both of my holiday brothers on the Pacers to get Drew Holiday for that one. Yes, <laughs> take take the other two brothers. I don't need them. That I one. need Drew. Yeah, oh, also God. might be the best guy in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But and and we we haven't even talked about PJ. PJ Tucker. That dude's a PJ dog. Tucker will knock down corner threes. He just makes winning plays. That's just put him on Durant. Yeah, like they have yeah. problems. It's I, a matchup I, game. I do think that this matchup, we talk about length and size to me is what I've kept preaching that Brooklyn has issues with. That's the one Achilles heel that they've had is size. Ooh, I got it. I got it. Zach, you you just said, I got it. This series, from this series, we will have a better idea to see how Brooklyn matches up against potentially a Lakers if the Lakers make it to the finals. Well, this will be a good measuring stick for sure. Yeah, yeah. So they have their three stars, and we'll see how they play. Yeah, yep. All right, that's that's Brooklyn, Boston, Miami, Milwaukee. Let's hit the last one in the East before we take a quick break. Then we'll go over to the Western Conference. Uh, Philadelphia, Washington. Embiid's injury. Um, obviously, I think they I think they saw tests, and it's it's nothing too too crazy. Right. Right. Um, but at the same time, it's the fear that we had with Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Um, they're my pick out. They're my pick out of the East because a healthy Philadelphia team, the way that they're constructed with Doc Rivers and what they've put around and beat, they're tough to beat. Yeah, but it all depends on his health. Yeah, I believe I, I saw a stat today. They are thirty. Uh, what was it? 34 and 11 with him in the the lineup and 10 and 12 without him in the lineup in the regular season mm. the show with all the talent they have that's that's big so you gotta hope that he's gonna be ready to go for this atlanta matchup coming up in the next set because i think they are still even if he didn't play or he's at 70 percent um, against Washington to close this out. I think they're going to still close that out. They're up three to one. I don't see Washington yeah. with yeah. what they've got coming back. That's just yeah. not at happen. home. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. yeah. Like they're going to close this one out, but then you have a little faster pace offense, Atlanta. They're playing great defensively. You don't want to get upset by Atlanta. Like that, that would mm-hmm. be a huge, huge shot to Philadelphia's ego. Well, and I don't think they will if Embiid can be healthy. He, he exactly. he's it's it's Anthony Davis on the Lakers. Yeah. Right. If Embiid is healthy, they're not going to lose to Atlanta. Exactly. Right. It all boils down to that. I, I, I do want to say he's one. He is my fake hustle player in the NBA. He's uh, he's stats. No, no wins in my book. But Russ is a beast. He's just, I mean, I, he does it every game. He doesn't, he hasn't won anything. I mean, he's won an MVP, but oh, so did Steve Nash. And, but he just, I appreciate that look, Zach. For I, I the, uh, for the listeners. Yeah. Stop with the slander. Stop with the slander. I don't know that I can, but. With, with the Westbrook slander, I just want. But I will tell you, the guy, he's, he is, I mean, he's real good, real good. And, and maybe, and, and, just and maybe, just say, yeah, ahead. please. I was going to say, just no. let me say this for you to say Russ is real good. 
everyone should know because we've mentioned him a few times in the, in mm-hmm. you know these twenty episodes we've done. And Mike, you've never been a huge fan of Westbrook, like you just I'm, haven't. So for you to just go, he's real good. That tells you that man's real good. I'm not. I'll t- I will tell you how I feel about Russ. I wouldn't want him on my team just because I've watched him in the past not not do what needs to be done to win. But that's just because he hasn't won. The minute he wins, if he wins something, then it's like, oh, he's the best player that's in the league right now. So I know I have a slanted view of it. But I can, I'll, I can, I'll stop the slander, coach. You I carry can, on. I could, I, could respectfully, I could respectfully disagree on you with that, where you're talking about a team that went to the, to the NBA Finals when they had Kevin Durant and James Harden. Well, there you go. It does wins. They did end up almost going to the finals again, right? Ended up losing to the Warriors, right? They almost went. Yeah. Westbrook and Kate. Like, and when he started getting those triple doubles, it's just because his team wasn't that good. Like, let's just keep it a stack here. His team wasn't that good. So he had to get triple doubles every game for his team to be competitive. And then somewhere along the line, the media kind of like played this image of Westbrook where he only cares about stats. And then everybody just started running, running with it. But you have to respect what the man is doing. When the man has people, players around him, Westbrook will make those, those, uh, those sacrifices to be able to get the winning plays. Two years. No, I agree. You and I, Mm -hmm. Um, and KD and uh, Harden could make an eight seed, right? <laughs> so I, I it, but I do not, I do not in any way, shape, or form uh, diminish his talent. Right, and 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 he he is one of the most explosive, exciting players I've ever watched. I mean, he's Dominique with a little bit, uh, I mean, the guy comes with anger at the rim and every second he plays, I respect the way he plays. Every mm-hmm. second he plays is full it's effort. Yeah, It's effort. I mean, you will, he will never, you will never watch him and be, and think, well, boy, he really didn't give it his all this game. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and you're exactly right. He could in, for me, he could be just a product of his environment in that he hasn't been surrounded by talent enough to get to what is what I, and it's not even that. Cause I love, I just, I got a thing for him. And, yeah. and I, I think it came from the fact that I would just watch these Oklahoma city games when Durant was there and it felt yeah. like Scotty Brooks was like, okay, Russ, here's your 10 possessions in a row to drive go ahead and get this out of your system. And then can we get back to the offense, please? And maybe that was just me doing it, but the he's, he's an absolute beast. So I don't disagree with you necessarily. Mm-hmm. It would be helpful for me if he won something. And, yeah. and I know that he has, I know that he has, it's hard to get to the Western conference finals and he was, they were up, you know, they were up and they lost that year. And so 
it's not I've moved past disrespect. He's he's way higher on my board than Paul George is, but it just is I'm just waiting for whatever that next step is and he might never take it. He might be uh he might be Oscar without his Kareem or his yeah. Lou Alcindor, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I think so, the one thing that I saw that I was very But he's a Hall of Famer, guaranteed. Yeah, for sure. First ballot. One one thing I yep. saw um this season is when you when um what's his name why am i bradley beal when he got his hamstring when he he hurt his hamstring westbrook put the team on his shoulders to get into the play in tournament and said i got you i'll get you to the playoffs it really really impressed me this year because he did like he's he had a rough start to the season whether that be any kind of health issue whatever it was he definitely deferred to Beal and was like this is your team I'm coming in to just help you where I can and like we weren't really looking at the triple doubles as much and if he did they were on the lower side of the stats and he he when he when Beal started having any kind of hamstring issues he was just like all right let me lock back in and I'll get you to that and to me I saw a complete different side of Russ that I was very, very impressed with, or more so like it's not a different side, but I forgot for a second on how good this guy really, really was to put a Wizards team that no one saw making the playoffs the beginning of the year with Russ or not with Russ. Like it's the Wizards. And we've been saying, when are they going to finally let Beal go to a contender for a long time? Where like, now I'm like, put some pieces around there because they got some young big men that like, hey, if you put some more pieces around them, Wizards are on the lower end of the Eastern Conference, but a seven game series, they're going to wear another team out depending on the matchup. I'm, I'm impressed with where the Wizards could go if they can get the pieces around those two players. Well, and let's be honest, if... Uh, Embiid's not healthy. This this could get ugly real quick for Philly. Yeah. yeah, you know we think he's coming back, but if he doesn't, watch out. Yeah. All right. Well, we're gonna take a very, very, very quick break, and then we're gonna take the last ten minutes or so and finish up the Western Conference. We will be back soon. Hey, Hoopheads, we all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com slash team pricing to learn more that's a r y s e dot com welcome back to x's and o's nba breakdown with mike your good pal zach here and friend of the show coach o we're going to continue our talk about matchups in the uh the conference finals here or conference finals, western conference um let's just get right into the Next matchup, Western Conference. Uh, let's hit Utah, Memphis. What are we seeing, boys? It's funny. It's funny. I just made, I just made um, a video. Just I have, I had to give Memphis their roses because 
I don't want people to discredit what this team has done this season. Um, you're looking at the growth of John Morant. Like, John Morant is growing right in front of our eyes. He's going to be a very fun player to watch. And you're looking at just his development over a year. Last year wins Rookie of the Year. This year is able to bring his team to the playoffs, right? Um, it didn't help that Jaron Jackson Jr. Um, has been injured for the most part of like his career, right? The yeah, last two years yeah. has been injured. That's a big piece. But I love, um, I love Ja. I love Memphis. Um, but for that series, when Donovan Mitchell came back, it was kind of over. <laughs> it was kind of over there. You could tell Donovan Mitchell's on another level, guys. And you, you saw him obviously with the the ankle injury. You saw him get real upset that they held him out that first game. And, you know, Memphis Memphis stole that and he came back when they cleared him finally and was like, all right, let let me let let let's remember who I am and what I can do. And he has he's filled that gap in what they missed in that first game as he did. I mean, Utah is a hell of a team and how they play with it. And they missed him in that first game. He was definitely that piece missing. Um I don't see anything else happening in that series. I, I just, uh, yeah. I mean, Utah with Donovan Mitchell healthy, I don't see Memphis having any kind of chance. Now, like you said, Jaw is going to be a hell of a player to watch in the next 10, 10 years. And he's going right. to only get better, which is almost scary. Right. I, I mean, his, his raw talent mm. is, whew, that boy yeah. can play. Yeah. So where? Well, oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. I don't have much to say other than Mike Conley, I think, has been a huge addition to that team. As oh, for a, sure. As a secondary, like secondary ball handler as someone that calms that team down, that's been through the wars. Right. Uh, he, he's been he's been great for them. Right. So where now just to give memphis like the the next step for these guys mm. definitely for sure for jaw is going to have to be you know obviously the shot you're seeing teams not even closing out on him knowing that he's so dynamic so what teams are doing is that they're forcing him right even though he's a right-handed player but jaw is a two-foot jumper so yeah. it's a little bit so they force him right where he doesn't have all that athleticism per se you know, so they're forcing him right, making him finish at, at the rim. And even then, they're backing off of him, daring him to shoot. So that's something that if we could develop that, he's going to open up the whole game for him. And unsung hero of that team, Jonas Valanciunas, proving that he could still bang with the with the rest of them. <laughs> yeah. Very surprised, but what, very surprised, but a good surprise. Because, like, a lot of times players tend to lose themselves. They form an identity of themselves getting into the NBA. And then they tend to go away from that to fit into the mold. JV didn't have to do that. JV didn't decide to, oh, I got to become a stretch five and start shooting a whole bunch of, he'll take one a game and that's it. But the rest of his damage, rebound the ball and be able to bang down low. So I like what they have going on in, in Memphis. Surround that with a couple of interesting pieces. It could be a fun team, guys. Well, I think, you know, Memphis is, was that dog team for a long time. You know, we had Zach Randolph and you had that that defense, Tony Allen, just those. Mark defender. Gasol. Mark. 
I mean, just like they were known to just lock players down and they were a fun team. They were a very old school, fun team to watch. And I always liked Memphis and I liked Mike Conley on that team back in the day. And I'm happy that they have enough, they have some young pieces to kind of keep, keep that going. And, and hopefully they surround them with some more, with some more pieces to <laughs> keep Memphis up there because they're, they're a team that's going to be real fun to watch in the next few years with jaw leading the head there. It's going to be nice. All right. The Utah Memphis done. Let's hit, let's just go down the line late. Uh, let's go Clippers, Dallas, Clippers, Dallas. Mm. What, do, what, what are we seeing? Luca came out the first two games and destroyed the Clippers. Destroyed them. It was hilarious. Is, is it everybody was, it was is anybody great. else confused confused as me as to what to say? It's almost like this is game one of that series. Almost correct. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm confused, but um, like you said, Luca came dominated. He went up two zero. Um, we everybody thought the Clippers are going to fold, and Lord behold, we have a stranglehold back. So, can I don't can know. we all agree that Luca is the best player on the floor? Hands down, Luca is the best player on the floor. I will say though, in the past, in the last two games, there were spurts where Kawhi Leonard was looking like the Kawhi, the championship. You know, well, we carry on my back. Yes, like. yeah. he, we, uh, Kawhi and Paul George can be the best player on the floor. Luca has been the best player on the floor. This entire series, in my opinion, rests on his, on literally on his shoulder on that, on that tight shoulder and whether or not he can go full bore. He, they can't stop him. They run that pick and roll and they switch it and he hits a step back three and he screams at the bench. He can't guard me. And he's the best player on the floor. The other person, so if Kristaps plays well, Dallas wins. You know, regardless, I think, of Luka's shoulder. Because if he plays well, and he has not, he has not, and they're tied 2-2. And if he plays well, Dallas wins. So it's a a 4-5 matchup. It's a great matchup. I... It, it made me laugh that they were down. Clippers were down 2-0, and Laker Twitter was like, oh, they're using the regular way of avoiding the Lakers in the playoffs. <laughs> but, boy, have they come with it the last two games. And Paul George has been out of his mind. And, yeah. Coach O, to your point, Kawhi also looks like the Kawhi. I was listening to the broadcast, and, and I don't remember if it was Mark Jackson or Jeff Van Gundy, but he said, one of them said, you know, it's been, or it might have been TNT halftime, but it, Kawhi has always had that sort of grounded leader in his teams that they've won with. You know, last year it was Kyle Lowry, or two years ago it was Kyle Lowry. With the Spurs, it was Tony and Tim and Manu. And he hasn't had, he's been the best player. He was the best player on the Toronto team. But he was—he didn't have to be the leader, and so I wonder if he's kind of working his way into what that looks like. Because Paul George isn't. Patrick Beverly wants to be right, but he's not. Uh, and so I just—I—I I, I wouldn't put money on them. And plus, Luca again, Luca's the best player on the floor, so he has the chance to win it. Side note, so, sorry, I'm a, like, 
Can we talk about Luke Kennard that they paid all this money and has yet to play? Oh, my. What is going on? <laughs> I think they wanted him to be Joe Harris, right? Yeah. And he's not. He's not Joe. He's not. I mean, that's yeah. Clippers, though. <laughs> I don't know why we're super surprised. Yeah. All right. Next step. Let's go. Deeper. Wait. So who do we have in that series? Who, who do we have in that series? Oh. Who do you guys, who are you guys putting your money or not your literal money, but who do you got? <laughs> I think whoever, whoever wins game uh, the next game, game five has a great chance of winning the series. I very think that's answer. the most non-committal answer. <laughs> I think I have to stay in the middle because like, I don't, I'm still waiting to s- – I don't know yet because I I just – I refuse to believe. I can't admit that I've seen enough consistency from the Clippers, personally. Yeah. 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 That's why I, I can't st- be like, oh, yeah, this is what they're going to be. They might they might start looking at our next game and not right. – right. You know what I'm talking about? So that's the that's the main thing. I think what's interesting I, with the with the Porzingis situation is that um, you know, a lot of people were were um were talking to were talking to Rick Carlisle and telling him that he had to post up Porzingis more and whatnot, right? He has gone on the anti posting up for anti we don't want to post and whatever, right? That's cool too, but what happens is that it's it's just Maybe exploring posting up, you know, maybe not this series because it's a little bit late, but like down the line, maybe exploring posting up, maybe not necessarily to score, but posting up just to make read, hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. Porzingis has a passer. The thing is, we're labeling Porzingis. I I personally don't. I think we're putting so much on Porzingis. I see Porzingis almost as, you know, status wise. I see him very similar to Wiggins, okay, where when they play complementary role, they'll excel. But when you're saying that Porzingis has to be your second best player, he has to be your second best player. No, no. Like, it's, it's, I don't think it's realistic for what Porzingis – I think he's more comfortable being a complementary guy. Because in that series, you could argue that the second best player in some games is it, for, for the Dallas – some games it was Tim Hardaway Jr. Other games, Jalen Brunson looks like an all star. <laughs> you know? Yeah, right. He doesn't have to be the second best player, in my opinion. He has to make some elbow jumpers. Yeah, I mean, he's got to shoot over thirty three percent or whatever he's shooting. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, he I, because you're right. I I agree with you. He is not. He's not a secondary playmaker necessarily. But mm-hmm. Luke is getting him the ball, and he's got open jays either from three or from the elbow, and he hasn't made them. And if if he can just do that, or pump and drive, I mean, uh, but he doesn't, he just, he has to show up, I guess, is yeah. what I'm saying. He doesn't have to, he doesn't have to ball out. He just has to show up. With all that being said, I'm picking Dallas as my, my team Me to too. out of that series. Me too, um, even if I didn't believe it. Right. Uh, Denver, Portland. Okay, mm. I got you, Clippers. Okay, Denver, Portland. Um, what do we think, Mike? What you got uh, for me? I think Portland is going to come out of that series. Yeah, I just think that Portland, when it comes from experience, when it comes from different levels of scoring, you know, like just being able to have somebody who could operate in the mid post, like Melo, I'm able to have Damian Lillard who's able to score at four levels in the NBA. 
they just have dogs. And I think when it gets to that crunch time, when all scouting reports have been made and it's time to go get a bucket, they have more of those guys. Jamal Murray not being there really hurt for sure. But I think Portland is one of those teams that people tend to forget about, but don't, People don't realize that, like, Portland made the Western Conference Finals um, two years ago. Two seasons that, ago. No, mm-hmm. two seasons ago. Yeah. Yeah. Conference Finals. Like, I think Portland is still a dangerous team. So, I'm, I'm going to take – Yeah, I'm going to take Denver because they're up 50-32 to 32 midway through the second in game <laughs> five. So, they're up by 18. Uh, and so, I'm going to take them <laughs> – no, I, I think uh, I Portland terrifies me every time. Like, they scared the bejesus out of me last year uh, when they played the Lakers. And, right. I, I, you know, uh, Lillard is – he's Steph Light. I mean, that guy is unbelievable. Right. I just – I don't know. I don't have a good read on this game. Literally, I just happened to look and they're up, so I like yeah. that <laughs> in a game five. But I think they're they're pretty well matched. You know, Denver is big and they play mm-hmm. a little more inside out, and mm-hmm. Portland's just the opposite. Mm-hmm. They're much more perimeter oriented. And here's, here's the question I have for you, Mike. Ready talk to me. Yeah. If Denver does win that game, right? They win that game. And mm-hmm. then we go to game six, backs against the wall, elimination game. Are you ready to bet against Damian Lillard? No. Because that no. says all you need about that series. No, you're right. I'm not. I I am not. I mean, that guy's a that guy's a dog. And I think your I think your point with Melo is important. I think he he can be an important piece. He I mean, he's a little bit like Chris Tops in that if he's hitting yeah. shots, that team is potentially unstoppable because mm-hmm. it means he's gotten open. It means there's driving kick lanes. It means right. all of those other things that happen with him getting open shots. But if he starts hitting that corner three, right. I mean, Mark says that uh, Mello was the best player on the Blazers last year in the bubble. And if he can get a part of that this year, but to your point, no gun to my head backs against the wall, I would not put money down against Lillard. <laughs> I, can't. I agree. I can't do it. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> you can't. <laughs> like it's- no, I mean, it's plain and simple. I can't do it. I, I think I'm going to still, whether, I don't care what the score is now. I, I'm going to pull for Portland in this one. Um, part of it, fan, part of it, Damian Lillard. <laughs> like, yeah. it's like it's like a 50-50. I've always just liked I liked Portland and the Rasha they got mainly mainly because I just love Damian Lillard. And I love Damian Lillard when the game's on the line and in the playoffs. He's yeah. one of my favorite playoff basketball players to play that play is playing right now in the NBA. The dude's just exciting. The attitude he brings to the court. Um I I, I want to see them go forward. Um, but you know, matchup wise, as I look at the next series, we're going to talk about, we've got, we got Phoenix and the Lakers. Mike, how you feeling? 
Feeling fine. Feeling I'm fine. Feeling, feeling okay? fine. Okay. After uh, afternoon games, Lakers are terrible. They've lost both of their afternoon games. The next two games are night games. Um, I and they lost AD midway through the second period, so mm-hmm. they didn't they didn't get a chance to. I mean, they didn't do any scheming. They didn't do anything. I'm fine. LeBron is, in my estimation, still the best player on the floor. He has too many turnovers and yeah. and too many live ball easy turnovers because he's trying to make a play. If so, here's the if. If the Lakers shoot between 35 and 40 percent from three, which they haven't, they've been about t- between 25 and 30 percent from three. If they can just make it to league average in three, they win the next two games. Okay. Because they're getting the shots. It, they're they're open. You know, it's not necessarily the people you want shooting them. You don't want Caruso taking a pull-up three. Um, it's a good thing that I haven't watched Chris Paul this whole year because I know he's a show favorite, but that guy is dirty. Oh, yeah. Oh, and Devin Booker's a whiner. <laughs> now it's not the word you were gonna say, but I've no. Like- <laughs> you like, anybody anybody that's listening to this right now and says you're a LeBron fan calling anybody else a whiner? I get it. I yeah. get it. Yeah, LeBron whines more than anybody on the court. But right. oh wait, I have a quick question for you. Did you guys watch this last game? Did you watch the Sunday game? Yeah. Did you see? The foul that LeBron took, but because he's six foot nine, 260 pounds, he didn't fall. So yeah. it was not they didn't review a flagrant. Right. Talk right. to me. That, that's a flagrant, right? They didn't, they didn't yeah. review. No play on the ball. Yes. If oh. that's JJ Berea. Absolutely. <laughs> like, no, you guys are. You guys think it's 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 a serious thing. Like being right. strong is actually not rewarded. Van Gundy said that strength is not rewarded, skill is. Absolutely. And and I just he gets he gets reft as a Laker fan, he gets reft a lot like Shaq. He gets reft differently than other players because he's so freaking strong. So how do you feel about this Lakers Sun series? I'm not worried yet. This game to your Clippers Dallas point. This game will tell me a lot, but I'm not worried yet. So you got they just made the announcement AD's out for the game. They made that while we were talking 10 minutes ago. So he's not okay. playing this game. Okay. But KCP is going to play. Good. Which yeah. they did miss him. They did miss yeah. him in the, in the last last game, couple games. Was he has he been out the last two games? Yes. Mid yeah. he 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 went out mid game two games okay. ago. And okay. missed the so, last one. You lose AD, but I think you're about to see LeBron and what he just said at the end of the last, like, look, these shoulders are built for this. Yep. I think LeBron's going to come <laughs> out with some sort of force today, and it's going to be something to see. Yep. Right, right, right. I, I, again, I still think the Lakers are good, are going to go to the finals. Um, if AD is able to be healthy by then, right, and able to play – I still pick them as my favorites to be able to win. I just have a lot of questions about the Lakers. So 
rotation wise, obviously, you know, we knew coming into this, this was going to be a challenging year, you know, with everything going on with uh, COVID and everything. Um, are they still struggling to find their rotations? That's one of my questions. I still have trouble not seeing Montrez in the game. I don't know why that is. I think for me, that was one of the big things. This feels like a matchup thing with uh, Phoenix, right? They're putting Mark in because and and Vogel gets gets tighter in the playoffs. They're putting Mark in against Aiton because Aiton is eating them up, and he and he would he he'd chew up and spit out Montrez. And we saw I think Mont- last year in the bubble, right? He did that Correct. with Howard. He did that with yep. JaVale McGee. Yep. He depended on complete matchups. Dwight didn't play a full game in one of the, yep. in one of the game. I, you, you saw that Vogel does do this yeah. because it's and like, you, you want to do what's best for the team. Not just And you saw Montrez, you saw Trez come in when Aiton went out on That's Sunday. What I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Like he needs to have all those non DeAndre in minutes, you know, I think to me, yes. those things. And also, um, I think, I think there were times where I struggled a bit to not like when I didn't see Dennis Schroeder in the game, you know, there was a part where Caruso was your main LeBron went to the bench and then Caruso was your main guard. It was a part of that game. Yep. Um, why not have your most aggressive ball handler? I'm not sure about the foul count. I apologize if I if there was maybe fouls that I'm not aware of, but why not have your most aggressive ball handler run some pick and roll while you're in the bonus? Do you get what I'm saying? Like just little things like that, I think adds up. Obviously, the Lakers defense will give you a headache. <laughs> give you a headache. If you yeah, <laughs> they're still third in the playoffs. It's not yeah, their defense; third. it's their offense. Yeah. It's their offense. They need to score, and that's why, I, I mean, Tink's been pressing this on Twitter over and over. Gasol needs more minutes than Drummond, not because he's a better player necessarily right now. He facilitates the offense from specifically the top of the key or that mid-post area, and when you don't have AD – being able to post up and he's not doing great on post-ups either because there's some tough matchups out there for him. But when you don't have him as an offensive facilitator, you need another guy that can get points. And Mark is probably the best percentage shooter on the team from three right now. He also, I mean, you saw that, that um, they were looking to get it into LeBron on Sunday and he got fronted. They passed it up to the top of the key to Mark, and Mark just gave a little high-low lob to LeBron, and that's not a play that Drummond makes. It's not. And they don't need defense. They need offense. They don't even need rebounding. They need offense. And so I think that rotation is tightening up. I think you'll see more Schroeder. Remember, he's still just coming back off 10 days out. Now, hopefully he has his legs and mm-hmm. and we can go or he can go but it i'm this game is the watermark game for them the watershed game for them if they win this they go to the finals <laughs> yeah it's, and and if we as we wrap this up because let's be honest the game starts here soon and i want to watch it so correct right now laker or lakers are fourth to last in points per game 
They're they're scoring an average yep. of 100 points even. That's not going to stay there. No. No, that's not going to stay there. They're also shooting. They're second to last in three-point at averaging 29.1% from three-point. Nope. Those are the, obviously you, you got yeah. those th- that those are the categories that gotta you gotta pump that up when you have Brooklyn averaging 123.5 yeah. per game, and those correspond because I would guess the advanced stats and open threes they get a bunch. Yeah, I bet they get a bunch of open threes. So those two things correspond. That's why I say if they shoot league average 35 percent from three. They, uh, the, this series would already be over, frankly, if, yeah. if they shot 35%. Defensively, what do you have, Zach? Stats wise, do you have the stats defensively? 99 points a game, third. Yeah, that's third. I can, uh, yeah, they're right behind Atlanta. They're actually tied with Atlanta, 99 points per, 99 points per game, even. Um, holding teams to 44% from the uh, for percentage period in shooting. Um, Holding them to thirty-two, yeah, three point thirty-two point two percent. Yeah, I mean, <coughs> excuse me, they're still that team defensively. Their That's offense isn't is the problem. Showing up, no defense is still there. It's it's shooting threes. Right, right, right. That's what it is. If they make their threes, they win. And if they don't, they they. I don't know that they have the creativity offensively. Specifically, when Bron sits, Coach O, to your point. Yeah, but I'm not gonna. Again, backs against the wall. I'm not betting against Bron. Not at all. Not yet. <laughs> right. Not yet. Not yet. All right, boys. Any last thoughts before we wrap this up? Anything you need to talk about, real quick? Can we? Can we just appreciate how fun the first round was? Like mm, mm, was mm. ridiculous, man. Dude, I, and as much junk as we talked about the play-in games, weren't we all on the edge of our seats edge. watching those? And to get – Golden State was one shot away from being the eight seed mm-hmm. and then out of the playoffs to Memphis. It's, it, was, it was unbelievable. I like it, boys. We got, we got some great matchups coming in the second round. Some great games coming up in the next couple of days. This Lakers Sun game tonight's gonna to be fantastic. But I think that wraps it up for about episode 2021. 20, appreciate you both. Coach O, thank you for joining us. Always appreciate pleasure. you. Appreciate, you. appreciate Mike, you. Always a pleasure to see your face and hear your voice. We'll do thank this you. on round thank two. You. And from X's and yes, o we and will breakdown. We are wrapping up episode 21. Again, shout out to Coach Tink. He's on vacation. And congrats again to him for being now the head coach of the Marysville Mount Monarchs. Gonna be hey. awesome to watch. We love hey. it. But let's woo, do woo, a little woo. Mamba on three, boys. One, two, three. Mamba. Mamba. See you guys. All right, guys. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for joining us on this week's episode of X's and O's NBA Breakdown. We hope you enjoyed the show. Please like, subscribe, or comment on any of our social media sites at X underscore breakdown. See you next week. And remember, Mamba on three.